Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. And my endeavour is to make the Christmas story come alive in every one of our hearts and to make it incredibly simple. This is what it says in the Bible, in Ephesians. It says, and so here I am preaching and writing about things that, I'm, that are way over my head. The inexhaustible riches and generosity of Christ. My task is to bring out into the open and make plain what God who created all this in the first place has been doing in secret and behind the scenes all along. I read that because that is my endeavour today. It's to simply make plain what God has been doing for generations certainly over the last 2,000 years. And many of us don't have a clear understanding of what the Christmas story is really all about because it gets lost in, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. That was a joke. You're going to do better if you just... Okay. It gets lost in the tinsel. It gets lost in the reindeer ears, Linda. It gets lost in the Santa. And I love all of that. Please, I want to bring it on. I love all of that. But I simply want to make plain what the story is all about. And I want you to understand there's two words. When I was thinking about this, I thought, what would sum up this story? And the two words that I got was this, extravagant generosity. Just nudge the person next to you and say, did he say extravagant generosity? I came across, I came across this, I think it's a really funny story. And um, the story is told of a nun who was sitting at her window when the post arrived. And she opened the letter and it was from her home. And out fell a crisp £10 note. As she read the letter accompanying the money, her eye was caught by the sight of a poorly dressed man on the street below. Thinking the man was probably not very well off, she placed the money in an envelope upon which she wrote, don't despair. And she tossed it out of the window. It was an act of extravagant generosity. The man picked up the envelope, he opened it and looked up at her smiling and he tipped his hat. The next day there was a knock at the door Opening it, she found the man from the previous day holding out a handful of cash to her. What's this? The nun replied. Lady, he replied, it's your cut. Don't despair, paid five to one yesterday. (laughs) A simple act of generosity can make somebody's day. An act of generosity, an extravagant generosity for you children, maybe that present that you've been longing for, that you've asked Santa for, you've wrote a letter to him, you've asked your mum and dad for, whatever that may be. It can be a variety of different presents from dolls to computer games, from bikes to, you know, colouring, you know, pencils and pens. For others, 
Ladies, it may be that you've, on your wish list, you've wanted and asked for a diamond ring. It may be for some of you older children, you've asked for a PS4 Pro. Or for others, because you're technologically minded, you've asked for the new Samsung or the new iPhone X. If you're anything like Eleanor, who has no idea what we bought her this year, she says, you bought me a new car, haven't you? And by the way, I said to her, no, we haven't. (laughs) Extravagant generosity that people can express in the giving of presence. But the story of Christmas is simple and pure and it's without frills. That is why Jesus was born in a manger. That is why the first people who came to him were shepherds. Because it was simply meant to be a simple, pure story of God entering the world. Without any fanfare, without any fuss. And it was a selfless act of extravagant generosity. This is what the Bible says in Luke in chapter 2. And there were shepherds living out of the fields nearby. And they were keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified, as we would have been. But the angel said to, him, said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah. He is the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Bible verses that we'll see in every traditional church in and around this country. Bible verses that will be expressed in school presentations, no doubt. And here we are today reading them. And the angels announced this will be great joy for all the people. Why was it great joy? Well, I'll tell you why. Because God was basically saying, I am about to give this world us included, 2,000 years on, my message is a message of a second chance. There is a second chance for all of mankind to come back to me. I'm presenting a way forward for mankind to be brought back into relationship with God. Doesn't matter where you come from or where you've been or how bad you've been. Doesn't matter the colour of your skin or how popular you are, or how famous you're not. It doesn't matter. It's for all the people. Why do I say this? Well, the point was, there was a problem. I wonder if Thomas Bruce would just come and help me for a minute. Thomas, would you just come up here, please? Thank you. You see, this was the problem. Why Jesus was sent into the world by his Father, God. And this was the issue. The issue was there was a little word which we don't like to use. It's very unpopular and very uncool. But I'm all of those things, unpopular, uncool. So we'll go with it. (laughs) It's called sin. And sin isn't just a murderer. 
or a rapist. And by the way, those who are part of this Christian community, we really need to pray for the safety of people in this community. We pray that whoever it is will get caught very quickly and they will get help and our community will be safe. But it doesn't matter where we, you know, where we come from or where we are on that scale of sin. The fact is we've all sinned. And this is what sin does. It wraps us up. We're born with it. You don't teach a child to sin. It just becomes part of what they are. Would you just put that on? It won't fit, Thomas, because it's meant for me. It probably fit most people in this. But, and this is what happens. We enter the world and something that's just doesn't fit us is placed on us. It's called sin. And what it actually does, Thomas walked around with this long enough. It's okay at the moment. It would be heavy on him. It's a heavy coat. And this is what sin does. It's heavy. It weighs us down. Please don't say to me, Christian, I'm a good person. I was a good person. I was a good person. But I'd still sinned. I'd I'd not done the things that we see on news, but I'd still sinned. I'd still messed up. You know, and these things were, were causing a reaction in my heart. They were causing me to live with fear. They were causing me to, you know, live with, you know, a sense of, selfishness, self-absorbed. This is what sin does. But what happens is over the period of our lives, we then get wrapped in other things. There's other things that get wrapped around us and begin to really weigh us down because what we do is we take on other things. And some of you know, it's quite funny seeing Thomas like this, but you will understand what I'm describing now is happening to you. Where these things you weren't meant to carry they're now being forced upon you. And it's becoming heavier and heavier and heavier. Listen to me. You weren't meant, we weren't meant to carry this stuff. I'm, not, I'm just trying to make it plain, like I said, make plain the story of this coming of the Savior. Jesus came... So we had a way of removing all this stuff from our lives. He actually takes it from us, if we'll allow him. He says, I don't want you walking around with that, Thomas, because you're not going to be free. You can't play your football. You can't play your basketball if you're like that, can you? So we need to get these off you, because Thomas has asked Jesus to be his friend. Sorry, those people can't. And he has. And so, you know, these things that have held him back, you know, cause his mum to be a little bit, oh, Thomas, I wish you wouldn't do that. That's the sort of stuff. Be a bit irritable, a bit manny. You've got to get out of bed when she tells you to get out of bed, even if you don't want to, and all those kinds of things. Attitudes that we can have. You may say, is that sin? Yeah, it is. It's part of the sinful nature. Nobody teaches a child to be sinful. But what happens is, he removes all the weight from our lives you've been an able help if you want to go and find your seat for a moment we draw this to a close that visual image because I want to be really clear for this Christmas presentation we've enjoyed seeing the children perform and sing beautiful carols but honestly this is crucial if you're a guest here this is crucial this is crucial because this is what my bible tells me and I believe it and I see it in the world This sin at work. And the Bible says, when Adam sinned, 
sin entered the world. And Adam's sin brought death. So death spread to everyone. For everyone has sinned. It spread to everyone. It's like a disease. It really is. Sin entered the world forevermore. And forevermore, man is now trying. What are we trying to do? We're trying to, you know, improve ourselves. We're trying to, for some people, get to God. We're trying to look for the experience. We're trying to make sense of this life. Lots of people I speak to trying to make sense of their life. And that's what man has been trying to do for all this time. And they try to do it, they try and get to God through good works. There's many people who give enormous amount. We've applauded them. But good works is not going to get us to God. Listen to me. Not even praying and reading the Bible and coming to this church is going to get you to God. None of those things are going to get you to God. Giving to charity. These are all great things. Will not get you to God. They won't. Let me be clear. Let me make it plain and simple. Jesus came into the world. Good news for all people. He made a way for man to get back to God. And as we enter into that agreement, we say, God, oh, I need you in my life. I need you to help me. Will you take away the sin of my life? Will you take away the heavy chains? Will you take away the weights that I weren't meant to carry? Because nothing outside of Jesus works. You see, this extravagant generosity is this. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. It says this, But God demonstrated His love for us in this. Whilst... We were still sinners. Christ died for us. Let me just make a statement. He didn't wait for you to get better. And then he thought, Chris has improved enough for me now to be bothered with him. Or Pam's improved enough. She's now serving in whatever. Now I'll come to her. No, no, no. While we were in our shame, while we're in our sin, Josh mentioned it, when we're at our worst, God is always at his best. So you might feel like you're at your worst and this has been a big thing for you to come here because there may be many things happening in your life. I want to tell you, when you are at your worst, God is at his best and his love is still towards you. God didn't just demonstrate, show his love, uh, as in speak his love, he demonstrated his love. He didn't just, just tell, he showed. And it was an extravagant, generous Love. You know, my experience is this. With this Jesus that I'm still getting to know as my friend and as my Lord. Times of trouble, what do we do? Well, I'll tell you this much. In times of trouble, I have one that I can run to, call upon. When I don't feel incredibly peaceful, the Prince of Peace in that moment, just fills my heart with peace. Does it mean that I get everything right? Not at all. Does it mean that I never sin again? Not at all. But what it does mean is that I'm in right relationship with God. There's a freedom that I live with. There's an assurance that I have as I step out of this life, there is a glorious life to come with Jesus, with the Father. 
This is the story of Christmas. You cannot disconnect the manger from the cross. This is what it's about. So I wonder if you'd just allow me to pray for you. I wonder if everybody would just, if you want to, it may just help you to just focus for a moment. And I do want to speak to every person, not just those who are from a church background, but if you're a guest here today. Listen, it may be that you say, well, that's interesting, Christian. That's fine, but not for me. Okay, that's fine. But I do believe in my heart there are people here who know there's life more than what they presently live in. And today you've heard a message of the extravagant love of God. God came into the world because of you. He loved you. He died for you. He came to save you. The Bible simply says if we just call out to him, we ask him to forgive us or just start the journey, he'll begin to do that in your heart. So while every eye is closed and head is bowed, I first of all want to pray for people who have a sense of fear. Fear is gripping you. Just felt it in the service. So Father, today I pray for those who are living in fear at this moment. Lord, that they would know your peace. Just soothing them. That every fear would be broken. And they would know your presence and your love at this time. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, you say, Christian, I'd love to start this journey of knowing more about Jesus. I'd love to experience this extravagant love that he has for me. If that's you today, while every eye is closed and head is bowed, would you just quickly lift your hand, raise your hand. I won't ask you to come out. Wonderful. There's hands that are all up all over the place. Wonderful, 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 wonderful. Anybody else today? You say, Christian, that's for me. I just want to receive Jesus as my Lord and as my Savior. I want to know what it is to live in that peace, that joy. That's you today. Just one last time. That's you. Wonderful. Father, today, thank you for people who've responded to you in their hearts and also through the raising of a hand. But we just ask and pray, Father, that you would, you would pour in your love, that the sins that we can all carry would be released from us, that we'd have a forgiveness. We'd know what it is to live free and forgiven. Lord, thank you that you don't come to condemn us. You don't come to rip us off. You're not a killjoy. You're not wanting us to enjoy our lives. You came to give us life and life in all of its fullness. And I pray for those who've put their hand up, that they would know the full life that's on offer to them. Holy Spirit, that you would do what only you can do in every heart, and you would change lives, and you would change situations. I just pray your blessing now upon every individual, upon every family, upon every couple. I pray, Lord, that this message, this message of Christmas would ring in every heart. And we ask it in Jesus' name.